You're listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast, where we believe that every teacher deserves a coach, and every coach does too. I'm Chrissy Beltran, an instructional coach, resource creator, and coffee enthusiast. And I'm your host. Stay tuned for practical tips and honest coaching talk that will help you coach with confidence. Hey, coach. This is Chrissy from Buzzing with Miss B, and I am here today with episode 53 of Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast. Today, we are talking about four myths about instructional coaching. And if you've been a coach for any amount of time, you've probably heard a few doozies about instructional coaching yourself. You probably have heard from people what they think it is. You've probably heard um, what the workload is like, and you've probably heard really a lot of advice about how to do your job that probably isn't all that helpful. (laughs) So I'm going to share today four different myths about instructional coaching that we as coaches have to be aware of, that we can address, and that we can use our knowledge of to make sure that we are actually impacting teachers effectively instead of thinking that we're impacting teachers effectively, but really they have no idea what's going on. So my first myth about instructional coaching is that coaches need to have all the answers. Okay, here's the deal. On one hand, obviously, as a coach, you really should know some stuff, right? (laughs) You want to have experience. You want to have some good, solid experience. You want to know best practices. You need to know uh, what student engagement looks like. You need to know what good teaching is. Because if not, you really can't be helpful as an instructional coach. I've had plenty of people come into my classroom and try to, quote, help me, who didn't really have the background that they needed to help me move beyond where I was. So coaches do need to have a lot of knowledge, a lot of content knowledge, a lot of instructional knowledge, but we don't need to have all the answers. Please don't even try to do that. And I know from firsthand experience why it's such a bad idea. I tried at first to have all the answers because I am sort of that kind of person who is a problem solver. And so if someone approaches me with an issue, I have a lot of ideas of how they could solve that problem. That's just kind of where the where I naturally go is, is uh, let's see what if we can figure it out. I'm not really good about venting, for example. Um, whenever I quote vent to my husband, I'm really saying, what should I do? I'm not saying just listen to me. I don't completely understand that frame of mind, but I have gotten better about accepting it because I know most people do like to vent and not be told that um, like what they could do to solve the problem. So I get venting from other people, but I'm not very good at it myself. <laughs> so whenever I had the answers for everything. Whenever people would approach me with a challenge and I would give them a recommendation of what they could do or what they could try, this is what happens. Nobody else wants to contribute anything because it has trained people to ask you and expect you to know everything instead. It makes people think that you have all the good answers and that they don't have any of the good answers. And so it really limits the thinking that other people can do. If you think about it in a classroom context, if a student comes to you and every time that student says, I don't know what to do next, you tell the student, well, multiply. Or, well, I don't know, look, look up the meaning of this word, use your context clues. Then that student never really gains independence because you're solving all the problems for them. Instead, what we usually do as teachers, whenever a student comes to us with an issue, is we say, well, what do you think? What can you try? What have you learned? What, can, what tools can you use to help you, right? We question and we push so that the student gains independence. But sometimes it's hard to do that with adults. So 
for example, if in PLC, whenever we were collaboratively planning together, if I came to the table with all the ideas about how we were going to teach literary nonfiction and the introduction to literary nonfiction and the assessment and the resources and all the tools, then who else has to contribute to that conversation about that unit? Nobody. Could I plan an entire unit by myself? Yes. I love it. It's fun. I love planning on my own. I really enjoy that. But that didn't help anyone else get better at planning that. So whenever you are not available, suddenly they're like, well, we don't, we don't have what we need to do. We don't know what we need to do. And that's just not the way that we want to grow our faculty. So instead of really smashing that participation, we have to take a step back and ask the questions that encourage people to figure things out. Now, there are times whenever some, you just get to the point where someone says, I just need a different, I, I need a different perspective, I need a different idea, I need a different approach. And that's fine. It, the idea isn't that you can never share your thinking or your ideas. Please do share your thinking. The idea is, is that we have to avoid being the one with all the answers all of the time. So if you've made that mistake, don't feel too bad because I made it myself. Mistake number two, or it wasn't, not, not mistake number two, it's actually a myth number two. Myth number two is that coaches are there to help teachers who are new or struggling. Okay, I have a real issue with this. And I, while I know that some principals or administrators are directing coaches to do that, and it's really like a, just the nature of the time that the coach has available for working with teachers in, in, in their classrooms and, you know, working with different campuses sometimes. We have to minimize the number of people that we actually can see regularly. So I understand that. But the issue that I have with that is it creates this idea in teachers that coaches are just there to help you if you are having a hard time or if you are not doing your job well or if you don't know what you're doing. And the issue with that, obviously, is that a teacher who is, quote, doing just fine doesn't think they need your support. But the truth is that every teacher is supposed to be growing. So every teacher does need a coach. New coaches need teachers for different reasons than more experienced teachers, usually. And teachers in different grades might need different kinds of support. And teachers with different amounts of experience need different kinds of support. They require a different approach. So while there is a difference in coaching different kinds of teachers, the idea isn't that we only coach the ones who need the most work, right? We have to make sure that we are, are meeting the needs of every teacher on our campus. So again, let's take it back to the classroom and think about it that way. If you had a group of students that was reading above grade level, does that mean that you never ever meet with that group of students? No, you probably differentiate. You probably work with them on different things than you would uh, kids who are approaching grade level or kids who are on grade level. Of course, you're going to work with them on different things and using different materials. But you're not going to completely neglect that group of kids because they're above where you would hope that they would be at that point in the year. You're going to keep pushing because that's our job is to push everybody along. It's the same thing as an instructional coach. We don't want to ignore teachers who, quote, have it together because everybody can try something different and can grow. And that's our responsibility is to continue to grow that campus. When your work is tied only to a struggling teacher or new teachers, so many people on your campus are missing out on your support and the growth that they could do with a coach who supports them in learning. Another issue that I have with this is, depending on how this pans out, there's no alignment if that's what you're doing. If you only meet with new teachers, for example, 
Um, so it can be really difficult to align content areas or grade levels, vertical alignment across your campus whenever you're really only supporting a very small group of people. So I do believe that on a campus level, there need to be some sort of tier one supports that everybody benefits from just like you would in your classroom. Everybody gets access to a certain amount of supports, and that way you can work on that alignment. That is important. We need a common language if we're really going to be a true PLC. And the only way that we're going to build that common language is by bringing everybody to the table and providing a certain level of tier one support to everybody so that we can communicate effectively. The third myth I'm going to talk about today is that coaching is for people who are tired of the classroom. Have you heard that? I've heard that before. And I think I've heard a lot of people say that they're tired of the classroom and they want something different. And one of the things they think they might want is to be a coach. And while I understand being tired of the classroom, I do. I understand how that feels to say, you know what, I need a change. We don't want the coaches to be known as the people who were done and fed up with being in the classroom and that they didn't love teaching anymore, right? That's not the person that you want supporting the people who are doing that hard work of teaching every day. And it's not the way that you want to be represented to teachers either. So teachers know what instruct teachers know that instructional coaches have moved beyond the classroom, but they don't always know why, right? And I think that is sharing that story can be really important if you have a good story about why you were called to move out of the classroom. Um, it's, it can be really helpful to teachers to connect with you that way because we want to make sure that they know that we didn't just leave the classroom because we're tired of kids. <laughs> That's actually, hopefully, not even on your radar. Um, but if your teachers believe that, then that can really impact the way that they perceive you and your, your relationship with them as an instructional coach. Okay, my last myth that we're talking about today is that teachers know what instructional coaches do, especially if they're required to work with them on a regular basis. So I've been told before by instructional coaches, I don't think I really need to share a coaching menu or introduce my role to teachers because they already know what I do. They've worked with a coach before, or I've been here for years, or I, um, I have to work with them anyway, so they're going to they're be obligated to work with me either way. And it doesn't matter if they really know what my role there is. But that one kills me because I can guarantee they do not know what you do if you haven't told them. Have you ever been asked, what do you do all day? <laughs> I've only been asked that one time, um, and that was really more someone who was making a point than being sincerely questioning. So the reason that, that teachers don't know what we do is we don't tell them. We assume teachers understand things about our jobs that we only figured out once we started doing that job. I mean, think about it. Did you know what your days were going to look like before you started coaching? I didn't. I was not really sure. And they look different all the time. So if you haven't told teachers what you do, they don't know what you do. And this could be for a few reasons. One is that it could have been misrepresented by administration. That absolutely does happen. Um, sometimes whenever we get introduced, we get introduced in a way that is not really conducive to coaching or that is not really an accurate representation of what we're going to do. Like principals will say things like, oh, she's going to help out. Um, help out with some instructional stuff. What does that mean? Or, oh, they're going to serve as our expert. In, to do what? It doesn't, it's not clear. So sometimes, because of the way that we've been introduced to, to teachers, they don't have a good idea of what we do. The, another reason that they may not know what you do 
is that it could have been done really badly by a previous coach. So maybe there was an instructional coach there, but that doesn't mean that they did the work of coaching well or that they did it at all. <laughs> and I'm sure you've seen it, coaches who are pulled to do tons of administrative tasks and spend next to no time working with teachers at all, really don't impact instruction at all. So whenever it's been done previously, this coaching work has been done previously you know, in a really um, loose way or an ineffective way, or it hasn't even been done at all, teachers have no idea what you do. Even if you've been there for, you could have been there for five or six or seven years even, I can guarantee there are teachers who have no clue what you do. Uh, they think you're there to uh, fix the bad teachers, or they think you're there to work with the new teachers. You're just there to help the ones who need it, right? Kind of like what we talked about a few minutes ago. So we have to make sure that Teachers know exactly what you do because it's a real problem if they don't. Teachers who don't know what you do will make assumptions. They will assume that you are evaluative or administrative or they, they kind of put you in a, they, they find a place to put you that isn't really exactly where your coaching role lies. They also won't ask for support because they don't really know what you're there to do or the kinds of support that they will ask for is like making copies. <laughs> Early in the podcast, I shared about an experience that I had where a teacher asked me to make her copies and that was kind of the help that she thought would be useful to her at that time, <laughs> not instructional support. So you want to make sure teachers know what you're there to do or else they're just going to hand you a packet. They also don't want support when it's offered if they don't know what you're there to do. So whenever you say, oh, I can help you do this, or why don't we work on this? I would love to come to your classroom and try this. They'll shut you down every time because they really don't know what the point is. Why are you even here? Especially if they have got you pigeonholed as somebody who works with bad teachers. They are also surprised when you express that genuine desire to help because they don't even know what your role is. So whenever you offer to provide support, they get a little surprised that you're even offering to help them with something because they didn't know that was something you could do. So how can you do your job when nobody else knows what it is? <laughs> when it comes to PLCs, everybody has to understand what the other people are there to do, right? It's a community. So we really have to be clear and educate teachers about our job. So I share back in episode 23, a few different ways that you can actually share this with teachers. You can create a coaching menu, and episode 323 talks you through that a little bit. It also talks about a slideshow that you could use to present to teachers and introduce the different kinds of roles that you can serve, and kind of a coffee or cookies with a coach, something cute, um, where you have a, like a nice little spread set out, and people can pop by, check in, and just visit with you for a few minutes to see how they might be supported by you as the year goes on. So those are a few different ideas. Again, check it back at episode 23 to learn more about those. And I have a really great resource that can support you in doing this work as well. It's my coaching in classrooms resource, and you can find it on uh, Teachers Pay Teachers. My store is Chrissy Beltran, Buzzing with Miss B. You can search for either one, and I will pop up. And so the coaching in classrooms resource is really focused on the coaching cycle and introducing that work to teachers, because so many teachers don't know what we do or why we do it. So the, it's, the title of it is Instructional Coaching Forms and Slideshow for the Coaching Cycle. So these forms will guide you through the coaching cycle and working with teachers. There are also invitations to invite teachers into your coaching cycle. They're really pretty. Um, they're all different styles. There's a coaching services menu. And it's editable as well, so you can add, change, you know, whatever responsibilities you want to share with teachers. 
And there's that slideshow that will help you introduce to teachers exactly what it is that you are there to do. There's other tools in there as well. I really recommend it. It's kind of a, um, a good all-around tool to get started with whenever you're really focusing on working with teachers, building those relationships around instruction. So check it out on TPT Instructional Coaching Forms and Slideshow for the Coaching Cycle. And that's at my store, Chrissy Beltran, Buzzing with Miss Speed. Next week, um, we are going to have so a guest speaker talk to us a little bit about diversifying literature, and that's in episode 54. So I really want you to listen into that one. It's an important topic, not just right now, but always, because we have got to really take a hard look at what we're sharing with our students and make sure that we are, are doing more than just pulling out the same old classics every year because there's so much amazing literature out there that our kids deserve to be exposed to. So listen into that episode and I will talk with you next week. Until then, happy coaching. Thank you for listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast. Want more coaching ideas? Check me out at buzzingwithmissb.com and on Instagram at buzzingwithmissb. If you love the show, share it with a coach who would love it too, or leave me a review on iTunes. It's free and it helps others find this show. Happy coaching. Happy coaching.